88K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Robert Kemp. Tonight's headlines. The Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's confident her Northern Metropolis project won't become a burden on the public coffers. Authorities impose a lockdown on a Sha Tin residential block following a COVID case that could be Hong Kong's first in almost two months. And a gay man drops his legal challenge after authorities say there was nothing to prevent him identifying his late husband. Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's confident her northern metropolis project, which will cover 300 square kilometres in Yunlong and North districts, won't become a burden on the public coffers. Mrs Lam has not yet given a price tag for the development, but says the government will raise funds by issuing the more eco-friendly green bonds. Francis Sit reports. Carrie Lam said the Northern Metropolis project, along with the Lantau Artificial Islands plan, will bring wealth to Hong Kong through land sales, property sales and job opportunities. Speaking through an interpreter in Leshko, she said issuing bonds will help solve cash flow problems that arise and consolidate Hong Kong's position as a bond hub and international financial centre. For every megascale project, there will be a problem of cash flow. For the initial stages, the best way to go is to raise funds from locally, from the mainland and from international community. So we have been increasing our ratio of bond issuance in the past few years. The central government has been very supportive. So we would definitely use fundraising, especially green bonds, to fund the initial stages of the development. While lawmakers have held the Northern Metropolis plan, they have also expressed concern that it would take too long to complete. They asked the CE if it could be wrapped up in under 20 years. Mrs. Lam said the government will propose amending laws to streamline procedures for development, including when it comes to town planning, reclamation, land resumption and road works. Mrs. Lam says changes to the Legislative Council under new electoral arrangements mean the time is now right to put forward her plan to develop the northern part of Hong Kong. Appearing on a radio phone-in programme, Mrs. Lam was asked why she hadn't proposed the northern metropolis at the beginning of her term. The CE, who raised the proposal in yesterday's policy address, said it then would have been difficult to get legal approval. In the past, the Legislative Council had great power. The Council passed bills, amended laws and approved funding requests. I'll give you an example. We encountered a lot of difficulties when we introduced the co-location arrangement at the express rail station. It almost led to social unrest. But recently, Leshko quietly approved a co-location arrangement at Huanggang Port. It's obviously different. As Hong Kong's situation is so good, I should make the most of the momentum and push ahead with the Northern Metropolis plan. If I did it three years ago, I would have been badly battered. Political commentator says the proposed Northern Metropolis is an aggressive project that could take up to 20 years to come to fruition. James Sung, the founding director of the Progress and Perfection Research Institute, also questioned whether it would be possible to find enough skilled construction workers. It's too big. One important challenge is do we get sufficient skilled workers to carry out such a large-scale project? Because in the past two decades' time, the construction industry always complained that we cannot get sufficient skilled workers from within. And in Hong Kong, it would be difficult to get workers from outside. So this is a real challenge. Authorities have imposed an overnight lockdown on Golden Glory Court in Golden Lion Garden, Shatin, after a resident there tested preliminary positive for COVID-19. If the case is classified as a local infection, it will be Hong Kong's first local case in almost two months. John Wong reports. 
The Center for Health Protection said the case involves a 48-year-old man who works as a cargo handler at the airport, whose sample came back positive for the L452R mutant strain. Authorities said the man, who has received both doses of the Sinovac vaccine, has no recent travel history and is asymptomatic. It's so far unknown where he might have caught the virus. Apart from locking down his residential block in Chaotin for overnight testing, the patient's workplace, as well as the venues he visited during the incubation period, will also be included in a compulsory testing notice. If the case is confirmed by officials to be locally acquired, it would snap an over-50-day streak of having no local infections. Meanwhile, eight imported cases have been reported today involving people who had flown in from Pakistan, Nepal and the Philippines. You're tuned to RTHK. The time is just coming up to five minutes past 11. Gay man has agreed to drop his legal challenge over the government's refusal to let him identify his late husband after authorities admitted they had made a mistake. Jimmy Choi has more. The case has to do with a government pathologist refusing to allow Henry Lee to act as an official identifier of his husband, Edgar Ng, at a public mortuary in December last year. They had been married in the UK in 2017. Mr Lee filed for judicial review, arguing the laws and government policies were discriminatory against married same-sex couples by excluding them from handling arrangements for their late spouses. He's now agreed to stop the illegal action after reaching a consensus with Secretary for Justice and the Director of Health. In a hearing, High Court Judge Anderson Charles said that the authorities made it clear that police and government pathologists do not treat gay couples differently from heterosexual couples when it comes to allowing them to identify their partner's bodies. Mr Charles said the authorities also acknowledged that the coroner's court does not deny the rights of the same-sex spouse of a deceased person. The judge also said the Food and Environmental Hygiene Department does not have any policy and internal guidelines prohibiting the department from providing services on death arrangements to the same-sex spouse of the deceased, and that the Immigration Department does not deny the spouse from applying for a death certificate. The law firm which represents Mr Lee said his client may finally find some relief to know that the authorities will from now on respect the fundamental human rights of same-sex married couples. But it also said Mr Lee noted that the government's clarified positions do not represent all the current laws or regulations and called for a review. Returning to policy address-related stories now, and the chief executive, Carrie Lam, has told lawmakers cross-border quarantine-free travel with the mainland won't happen in the near future. Stemman Pang reports the CE said the decision was out of her hands. Speaking at a Legislative Council question and answer session on the policy address, the Chief Executive acknowledged it will be a rather lengthy process for quarantine-free travel between the SAR and the mainland to become a reality. Still, she insisted the issue is at the top of her government's agenda. DAB lawmaker Gary Chan asked Mrs Lam what conditions the central government has laid down for the travel resumption and whether adopting the mainland's health code system is one of them. The chief executive responded by saying her position was that the SAR government would do its best to meet any requirements set by mainland authorities. She said it's not up to her to give a timeline for the border reopening or when a second meeting between experts and officials on the SAR and the mainland would be held to discuss the issue, saying both decisions are up to the central authorities. The CE spoke through an interpreter. But we can't really give you a timetable for now. 
It depends on the prevention control measures of the central government, and also it depends on the risk that may arise from travel resumption. How do we stop those risks if they arise? That is the circuit breaker mechanism. So you can look at the case of Macau. As soon as they have cases, then all travel would have to stop. Mr. Sam also said there would be a travel quota initially, and business people and those travelling on compassionate grounds will have priority to go north first. The Innovation and Technology Minister Alfred Sitt says it will take up to 15 years to complete a reclamation project of Malu Soi that was announced in the policy address yesterday. The minister said officials needed to plan well ahead, even though the adjacent science park and cyberport were being expanded over the next few years to accommodate IT startups. Mr. Sip said it hadn't yet been decided what would feature in the new development. For the uh, Eastern Corridor, uh, uh, the sea recommendation, and they may need time to have more follow study before we can really know about the program that we can have. And also we need to know about the demand from the trade industry before we decide the program. So in the coming future, we are going to conduct some study with other bureaus to confirm the program before we proceed ahead on the real construction Security Secretary Chris Tang says officials plan to start consultation and legislative work on new national security legislation under Article 23 of the Basic Law in the next LegCo term. Writing on his blog, Mr Tang said the government was studying the implementation of the national security law, court rulings and national legislation, as well as laws elsewhere. Students' Union of the Chinese University, which was founded in 1971, has announced that it is disbanding. Francis Sitt reports. Chinese University cut ties with the Students' Union in February, asking it to register as an independent society or company and assume its own legal responsibility. The university also ceased administrative support for the Student Union and stopped collecting union fees on its behalf. In a statement posted on its social media page, the Students' Union said that according to legal advice, independent registration was not necessary. We are now torn between following the legal advice or complying with the university administration's demand, the union said. It said it gave serious consideration to the matter at a meeting last month, and a motion was passed to dissolve the body and to accept the resignation of its council representatives. The union said it had represented the student body for 50 years, and it was a matter of profound regret that it was now history. It added that students will remain faithful to their ideals. Responding to the disbandment, the Chinese university said asking the union to register as an independent entity was a necessary step to ensure it could operate in compliance with the law. It said it regrets that the students' union has taken this alternative course and moved to dissolve its operations. It said it will work on transitional arrangements so the disruption of services and to student engagement would be minimized. Customs officers say an anti-smuggling operation in Lung Ku Tan last month netted the most valuable haul of goods ever found in Hong Kong. As Jimmy Choi reports, the find included luxury foodstuffs, handbags and even endangered plants. Customs and Marine Police tracked the smuggling gang for two months before about 100 officers swooped on September the 24th. They saw a group of people moving goods from a lorry into two speedboats. The group of about five people sped off into mainland waters when they realized they were being tracked. Officers later found a warehouse nearby containing everything from luxury watches and bags to shuckfin, fruit, plants and almost 5,000 electronic products. Together, the 11,000 items were worth $210 million. 
a 34-year-old man was arrested. The Tanzanian writer Abdul Razak Guna has won this year's Nobel Prize for Literature. The Swedish Academy's permanent secretary, Mats Malm, made the announcement in Stockholm. The Nobel Prize in Literature for 2021 is awarded to the novelist Abdul Razak Gurna, born in Zanzibar, active in England, for his uncompromising and compassionate penetration of the effects of colonialism and the fates of the refugee in the gulf between cultures and continents. An investigation by independent scientists into a drug promoted by some governments to treat coronavirus has found major errors in the way it was trialled. One of the scientists who reviewed the data, Gideon Mayorovitz katz said that more research results were needed before the truth about Invermectin could be established. The idea that Ivermectin was a very, very powerful treatment against COVID-19 was based on a fairly small number of trials, which had very enormously positive results. And most of those trials appear to be either potentially fraudulent or so substantially flawed that the results cannot be trusted. And that leaves us in a difficult situation. We have now very few trials with sufficiently large numbers of patients to determine a conclusion either way. New World Development Chairman Henry Chang is to become the controlling shareholder of the parent company of TV network operator iCable. Stock exchange filings show that a company wholly owned by the property magnates had reached two agreements with certain undisclosed minority shareholders of Forever Top Asia last Thursday to conditionally buy a 40.5% interest in the iCable parent. Together with an existing stake held by his private firm, Mr Cheng will own at least 72% of Forever Top when the transaction completes. Now the weather, it will be cloudy with squally showers and thunderstorms. Showers will be heavy at times. Temperatures will range between 26 and 29 degrees. Strong easterly winds, occasionally gale offshore and on high ground. Seas will be rough with swells. The outlook, it will still be windy with heavy rain and squalls from Saturday to Sunday at first. Seas will be rough with swells. The weather will improve in the following couple of days, slightly cooler in the morning and it will be dry. Temperatures currently 25 degrees, the humidity is 94%, the thunderstorm warning and the strong monsoon signal are in force. A reminder of our top stories tonight, Chief Executive Carrie Lam says she's confident her Northern Metropolis project won't become a burden on the public coffers. Authorities impose a lockdown on a sheltered residential block following a COVID case that could be Hong Kong's first in almost two months. And a gay man drops his legal challenge after authorities say there was nothing to prevent him identifying his late husband. And that's the news from RTHK. RTHK Radio 3 You're listening to Peter King. Welcome back. Your dreams were your ticket out. Welcome back to that same old place that you laughed about. Well, the names have all changed since you hung around. But those dreams have remained and they've turned around. Who'd have thought they'd need you? Welcome back, 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 welcome back
favorite spot of red. Welcome back, and I smile when I think how it must have been. And I know what a scene you were learning in was there something that made me come back again. Sebastian's Welcome Back, the theme from Welcome Back. And how are you doing at 18 past 11, the dying embers of Thursday? Requests in, we've got a few so far. This one is for Gilbert, the Seekers, of course. I'll never find another you. (laughs) 